the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Investing is an interesting concept for people. Some people fear it. Some people don't understand it. Some people look at it as legalized gambling that's all silly it takes a lot of time to get good at it. it takes some practice it takes some figuring things out but legalized gambling it's not unless you're ignorant you hear terms like growth and you hear terms like value value in theory offers less downside growth in theory offers more upside one of the stocks that has some growthy components to it is Ross Stores. A couple years ago, I was watching television. Yes, I am human. I do it on occasion. And near Father's Day every year, they seem to roll out the same commercial that basically makes me want to die. I know I take suicide very seriously, but this is that bad of a commercial where the daughter and the mother are looking at ties and they're talking about dad. What are we going to get dad for Father's Day? And daughter goes, tie. And the mom goes, we're definitely going to Ross. And the kid goes, we're definitely going to Ross. And you're like, wow. Kid might look cute. Casting director sees that that picture. But that voice, we're definitely going to Ross. Now, Ross Stores is showing double-digit profit growth right now. And no one in retail apparel is doing that. Companies like Gap are, are struggling to get, you know, even a blip up. Companies uh, inside of Gap, like Banana Republic, are are just hitting the wrong clothing taste that, for people. So Ross does something kind of interesting. They're not a Macy's. They're not a JCPenney. There's not a Sears. They're an off-price. So you'll see a Donald Trump tie that has $80 if you paid for it at Macy's on it. But they put a big X through it, and they say, here, it's $25. They'll have an Under Armour top, maybe $60 retail if you bought it at the gym. 
But at Ross, it's $25. Big X goes through it. TGX also does the same kind of uh, item. So Ross is the nation's largest off-price retailer, but TGX is there as well. Not only does Ross do Ross, but they also do Dress for Less. TJX is TJ Maxx. And they're both winners. Now, Ross and TGX could fall victim to the industry's success because Nordstrom and other big department store chains are expanding their reach into the off-price realm, which will only hurt Nordstrom. But it means more competition for TJX and Ross. We're definitely going to Ross. But Ross sells at about 20 times earnings, but they're growing earnings at 10%, which the market doesn't have a lot of that. And we, we like what we see. Ross also raised its quarterly dividend by 14% recently. Shares yield under 1% total, but there's a little something there, and that's nice to see. Now, that's a growthy kind of story where people feel like they're actually getting a bargain when they go shop and they're showing you know, double-digit growth in earnings. Now, some people like growth. Some people like value. Um, one of the things that has been doing really well is, you know, stocks that have a dividend, you know, cash flow. Um, defensive stocks are, you know, sometimes seen as expensive, sometimes seen as cheap, based on how much cash flow they have coming in and out. So you want to, like, learn the difference of what you're looking for. And if you're looking for a mutual fund that does it, great. I bet if you own a growth mutual fund, probably has Ross and TJ Maxx inside of it. Uh, as managers, will see the same thing in individual stocks, and they'll place that into their mutual fund. Um, again, I'm not giving you recommendations. I'm saying, you know, this is what it is. Um, as far as... You know, this is data, and you should use it as that, and it doesn't supplement doing your own research. Now, defensive sectors, some of them can look kind of pricey. Uh, the utility group's price-to-earnings ratio right now is 17 times 2016's expected earnings. And they're defensive because utilities are, you know, things that you have to have. When it's cold outside, you're going to turn up the heat. When it's Warm outside, you're going to turn on the air conditioning across the United States. This is the time of the year where a lot of, you know, there's a little bit in between. So you'd say, hey, you know, maybe this isn't the best time to, to own it. But some other utility, some other defensive areas that, you know, businesses that we support in good economies and bad economies, consumer staples, things that you have to have to live. Telecom sector as well. Now, in a market that's considered volatile and violent, a lot of people are saying, I want, you know, I want value or I want, you know, a, a nice defensive name. Um, there's one name out there called International Paper, which they make packaging and paper. Um, it's sitting near a 52-week low. It's got a dividend yield of about 5%. Prices of container board are down, but that's being a little overemphasized in the stock at this point in time. The company is going to produce over $3 in cash flow, which covers the $1.76 dividend and still has costs that can be reduced. International paper has been hurt by the stronger dollar, but that won't go on forever, and it'll at some point turn into a headwind. The headwind will turn into a tailwind for them.
So there's all sorts of different types of stocks out there and um, different types of investments. I recommend the average person listening, if you're going to play the game, think about with one. Don't think about with like 10. Um, I think the biggest mistake, and through the years as an investment advisor, I've seen people, you know, accumulate 40 to 50 stocks. I've seen people accumulate numerous types of annuities. And they just accumulate them thinking, okay, I'm going to buy it. And then if it goes down, I'm going to keep it. Oh, well. And that's not a good good thing to do, in my opinion. Um, if you're not going to professionally manage your portfolio, consider a professional manager for your portfolio. Now, the guy who works locally probably is not a professional manager. Just keep that in mind. If he's working for LPL Financial or Charles Schwab, he's probably a stockbroker um, or you know, taking orders from other people above him. So be careful about the relationships of who you work with, trying to understand who they are and what they do for you. There's always going to be what's called a wall of worry, and it happens every year. Whether it's high oil prices, oh, no, that's going to slow the economy. Low oil prices, oh, no, the world economy has fallen off a cliff. Whether it's political tensions, North Korea's got a nuclear bomb, oh, no, they're going to blow up parts of the world. Or there's always going to be a wall of worry. Whether it be inflation, deflation, high oil, low oil, whether it be corporate profits, whether it be, you know, uh-oh, what if Elizabeth Warren becomes president? She hates financial stocks or she hates Wall Street, you know. There's always a wall of worry. I guess right now, you know, maybe one is the, what would Trump do to international relations for the United States? Um, you know, you're starting to hear some crazy stuff come out of that part of discussion of the world politics. Uh, I heard a military commander say, you know, he can't be our commander in chief because he's he said things like you have to kill a terrorist family and that's against law. And American soldiers wouldn't have to do that and couldn't do that. And they wouldn't willingly break the law. So there's just things like that out there, right? Uh, anyway, hopefully you're a better investor for listening to this show. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. We see really sad statistics on a regular basis about how little people are saving for retirement. And then I see how many people are buying new cars, how many people are paying record prices for new cars. How many people, instead of buying a new car, they're leasing a new car and paying records on that? Um, people love their cars. I don't know. Maybe it goes back to the 1950s when we made out in the back seat of a car. Or, you know, the 1950s after World War II and people came home and we had to turn all that war manufacturing into other things. And we were like, let's do refrigerators and more cars and uh, things along those lines. Speaking of which... <clears throat> Did you know the M&M is turning 75 years this year? Now, we're not going to give it a birthday song. It doesn't deserve that, hopefully. But that, sh- that shows you product, right? Um, product that's lasted for 75 years. 
changes are st in store for that product. Why? Because millennials and Generation Xs and baby boomers, we are all at the point of like, okay, we get it. Bite-sized chocolates that come pouring off conveyor belts at a factory every single day. M&Ms have been one of America's most recognizable candies for decades. But the changes will be some new colors, some new flavors, some new textures, some new fillings, some package designs that will be changing for more of an on-the-go eating. I saw my dentist. I love my dentist. He gave me some advice once. He's like, um, sugar-free bubblegum is great for your teeth, and you should consider it. I'm like, okay. Because I've always looked at sugar-free bubblegum as, like, as a kid, it's like, that's the worst kind of stuff there is. But as an adult, it's like, <clears throat> that'll help clean some of your gook off your teeth. Um, with that said, it's not, you know, the best thing in the world, and it's not going to change your life. But I saw a packaging where uh, bubblegum now comes in, like, um, containers, like tubes. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Instead of the wrappers and individually wrapped and packaged in chewing gum stick form. But <clears throat> M&Ms were invented, did you know, um, for the military. So the military requested Mars make chocolate for the troops at the start of World War II. And the candy's hard exterior was ideal because it traveled well and it didn't necessarily melt. You've all heard about melts in your mouth, not in your hands. So Mars is turning 75 years old this year. Um, and we'll see, you know, uh, if the candy man, the candy man can, or Willy Wonka, can come up with a new type of M&M that pushes it forward for another 75 years. Okay, so one of the things I started the segment with was I'm shocked at people who aren't, haven't saved enough for money for retirement, and yet I'm also shocked at the same time of people who have a love affair of buying things that they shouldn't. Um, what's interesting to, to note for me is one of the things that we're seeing a very big business for right now in the United States is we don't something we don't need. Uh, a butt implant. A buttock implant to look more like J-Lo, to be specific. It's the fastest growing cosmetic surgery in 2015. The Washington Post did a whole article on this, and you just must have money coming out, the yin-yang, if you could afford this, but people do. Cosmetic medical surgeries have more than doubled in the past 15 years. That's amazing growth. If you're going to consider a career and you're going into college, this is a growing field. So uh, right now there's over 15.9 million medical procedures, cosmetic medical procedures done per year. Patients go under the knife willingly to get the look of the famous and all-natural buttocks of J-Lo. So the growth of minimally invasive procedures like Botox also continues to be very, very popular, both amongst men and women. But the Botox implants is little known, but it's gaining favor. The top five, let's do the top ten plastic surgeries. Coming in at number ten, breast reduction. Number nine, a neck lift. 54,000 neck lifts were done last year. Dermabrasion. Is that kind of like burning of the skin? 87,000 people paid to have that done. A breast lift, 99,000 each year. 
a facelift, 125,000 procedures done per year. You look at our nation of, what is it, 280 million people? And you're like, whoa, this is a lot of procedures. Tummy tuck, 127,000. Eyelid surgery, 203,000. Nose reshaping, 217,000. We are that vein of a society. Liposuction, 222,000 procedures per year. Why get on a treadmill when you can have basically a hardcore vacuum cleaner with a pump, push it in your belly and suck it out? Top procedure, this is no surprise, uh, breast augmentation, also known as augmentation mammoplasty. I know you're saying, what a segment, Rob. The reason I'm doing that segment is because people must have a lot of money. Because those are all elective decisions. Now, you know, oftentimes, like, you look at Ben Affleck's uh, Phoenix tattoo, and you go, that's not going to age well. People with hair plugs, where your skull will probably have hair sewn into it. Uh, your skeleton will have hair sewn into it, you know, 20 years after you're dead. Uh, hair plugs, how are they going to look when you turn 90? And the only thing that remains on your head are the plugs and not the sides. Uh, rising home prices, changing the topic, are bringing out a lot of house flippers. House flipping has reached a 10-year high. Now, if you go back 10 years ago, we were at a high in the market that led to two, basically a three-year downdraft in real estate prices, where homes lost about 50% of value in parts of America. The number of home flippers, so this is important. We're back to that 10-year level of home flipping. The number of active home flippers last year was the highest in a decade, and it's growing Nearly 180,000 family homes and condos were flipped last year. A flip is basically if someone buys it and sells it within 12 months. And flips made up about 5.5% of all sales. Flipping increased 75% of U.S. markets, and the profits are growing as well. So there's a lot of offers on a decent margin profit house that pops on the market. Home prices in Chicago have not soared as much as other parts, but there's still a lot of distressed homes available for sale. If you've got the skills to fix up a home and you like doing that kind of work, that may be the way you get into flipping. I don't suggest just doing it to do it. Um, even though home prices are up, let's say, 5% last year, and if you bought you know, a million-dollar home and you get a 5% flip cost, 5% profit, that's not bad. But when home flipping numbers go up, and for some reason home flipping is a funny phrase to me, it's usually an indication that the housing market's in trouble. So that was the case in the mid-2000s. This is a sign that housing's about to crack. Doesn't mean that it will, but it's a sign. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
so one of the things I like about doing the show is I get to infuse the music that I listen to into the show. My producer helps me enormously with that project. Uh, but during the commercial break, we were just talking, you know, what do you listen to right, for, right now? Like, I, I think Daniel Ratliff, I think that's his name. It's pretty close to that. He does a song, SOB. I think that's pretty hot. Um, Coleman Hell, Two Heads. Uh, Atlas Genius, Molecules. I'm listening to Foles, Mountain of the Gates. Uh, AOL Nation, Woman, Strumbella's Spirit. I think Strumbella's are going to be a big band in the next couple of months. I think they're going to do well. Um, they just made their American debut on Jimmy Kimmel. But if you listen to that song, Strumbella's Spirits, and you can't clap along or you can't like find something catchy about it, I got guns in my head and they won't go. Spirits in my head and they won't go. It, it, it's pretty repetitive, but it's the monotony is wonderful. Um, Declan McKinnon, Brazil. So what we just heard coming in was Run River North, Run or Hide. And uh, I think that's a fresh sound and I like it. My goal is to give you something to listen to going in and out of breaks that's kind of kind of cutting edge. Uh, it may not be around for 10, 20 years, but right now it's the best music being made, in my opinion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, one thing that I continue to, you know, beat upon is, like, be careful. Like, just start getting, grow up with your money. And if you're in retirement or heading towards retirement, be realistic about what you have and don't have. Um, I got an email the other day from a, a woman named Betty. It's like Betty with an A thrown in there. And her plan isn't much of a plan in retirement. She's starting to get there, and she's kind of sort of trusting some people, but there's really not much of a plan there. You need a budget. You need some ideas of how you're going to generate more income in retirement to replace you know, your yearly outflows. You don't want your yearly outflows to basically force you out of money by age 75 or 80, because there's a good chance you're going to live to 85, 90. I don't think I will. That's not my my retirement plan. That's just me talking honestly with you. Um, let's talk a little financial planning. Let's get some more insights with CFP Chad Burton. Bringing CFP Chad Burton to talk about a problem that the Bay Area has. A lot of rich valuation companies, uh, one of the things they do is give their employees ESPPs, RSUs, options, employee stock purchase plans, and the taxes on these ramifications, they have to play out some way. It's a lot to get to know, and it's pretty intimidating for me as a, a radio host who's been doing this a long time. What do we need to know, Chad? Well, first of all, you have to set a plan in terms of what's right for you and the amount of company stock that you should be holding. Um, now, you know, obviously people have become wealthy because of concentrated stock positions of companies that have gone public and they've become, you know, well paid as a result of that. But you can also look in, uh, you know, the tech bubble burst and see the complete opposite of it. So, you know, as you get close to retirement, if you, you know, get within that, you know, 10 year from retirement, if you're only 5% or more of the company stock, the same company that pays you, that has your 401k match and everything else, it's, it's, it's danger. It's danger time. Um, and because it's 20 to 40% stock market corrections or company corrections, if they don't hit a product right or something bad happens, um, you know, it, it's common and that's too, too much risk to take. Let's, let's first start with restricted stock or okay. RSUs because that is the most common type. Really the non-quals and the incentive stock options aren't being issued as much anymore because they're accounting problems. Restricted stock, you are 
granted a certain amount of RSUs, and as they vest, they become fully taxable to you as ordinary income. And usually, you, you just, let's say they'll give you, let's say, 100 shares, but they'll sell 20 shares in order to pay the taxes, right? And that oh. automatically happens. There is no tax strategy reason for continuing to hold RSUs. There's no reason for it. So if you're already overweight in that company's stock and you don't want any more, as they vest, sell them and immediately reinvest it in a diversified portfolio. There's no tax planning involved there. As they vest, they're taxable. Sell them, move on. Okay. Now, if you're younger, obviously you can let your your exposure to that company, especially if you're you think it's a great company and you really want to, you know, get, I don't mind getting up to 10% or so if it's a really good company. Um, ESPPs, that's another way to get a discount on your company's stock. ESPPs, you have to realize, and there's a download on this. It's really confusing to talk about on radio, but you get a discount on the price, and that discount you'll always pay a regular income tax on. And in order to qualify the most of the future gains for 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 uh, capital gains, a lower tax bracket, there's a certain holding period. So just to, on a basic, you want to start trimming those if you're overweight in the company stock. You, if they're up in value and they have gains, you want to basically hold them for about two years. There's an 18-month time frame, but, and you can read about it. Go to newfocusfinancial.com in the resource section. There's a bunch of stuff on ESPPs. But there is a tax strategy to maximize or minimize the taxes, rather, with Employee Stock Purchase Program. Um, if it's a company that's flat or going down, if it's going down, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but if it's flat, you can still make the purchase, get the discount, turn around, and immediately sell them if you want. Now, non-qualified stock options, there's there's nothing you can do tax-wise. As you, when you exercise them, they're fully taxable. And so there's not a lot of reason to exercise and hold them. What you have to do is make sure you're keeping an eye on your expiration dates. I've seen situations where people forget about their expiration dates, Rob, and they're a high-level executive, and they've forgotten about their expiration date, and they're about to expire, but they are also in a point in time where they're not allowed to sell the stock because of blackout periods, so they're forced to buy and hold it, and then if that's late in the year, you pay the taxes in, in the current year, but you can't sell into the future year. That reminds me of 2000, 2001, where people exercised and held, had a huge tax bill, and then the market fell apart. They had nothing, but they still owed taxes. So you have to watch your expiration dates, and there's a whole bunch of non-qualified stock options as well. Incentive stock options, that's where it gets tricky. That's where it becomes tax planning, you know, not tax planning 101, but it's big time because you got alternative minimum taxes. You can exercise and hold them. It's not taxable at the ordinary income tax level. If you hold them for the longer of uh, uh, two years, one year from exercise, two years from grant, then they can qualify for capital gains. But that initial exercise can be subject to AMT, and then AMT has dual cost basis stuff. So anyways, you got to get a good certified financial planner and a good CPA as a team to model your exercise strategy. you got to be aware of the leverage. There's a lot of leverage. So when you're younger, you want the leverage. But when you're older, you don't want the leverage as much and you get that extra risk. So an older person might, if they have directly held stock and and leveraged options, they might reduce their leveraged options first. A younger person, if they want to diversify out of the company's stock but they want the leverage, they might sell their direct stock first and hold on to the leveraged options. So it's really based on your age, your risk tolerance, um, you know, that, that same old you know, boilerplate stuff that advisors have to say, but you have to come up with a plan. You really do. You do need a plan. ESPPs, RSUs, options, employee stock purchase plans. I've seen people let their options expire worthless. It's crazy 
how tough this is for people to put their heads around. Contact a CFP. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So I don't do the norm. I think the norm is boring. It doesn't work for me. The Americans' appetite for new cars is crazy, and you're starting to see record number of leases. One in three, roughly, 29, almost 30% of all cars that leave a showroom are now financed through a lease. Five years ago, that was 20%. Last year, it was 25%. So it's jumped five percentage points, roughly, in one year. That's crazy. Now, obviously, a payment of $412 for a leased vehicle sounds a lot better than a new car payment of $493. The average term for a lease is three years. The average auto loan now stretches five years and seven months, and it's growing. When I was coming out of college, the average car loan was four years. The report that came out also shows that growth in sales of new cars to people with subprime and deep subprime credit ratings account for roughly 23% of car sales now. That's that's, that's violently insane. And you're seeing Bank of America have a pretty good quarter based on car sales, loans, loans for cars. And if you know that 23% of them are being given to people with subprime or deep subprime credit, it tells you they're getting a $40,000 vehicle that they don't have any right to have. And it goes back to 2006 when we learned that people were giving $600,000 credit to go get a mortgage on a house you know, worth $700,000 and with no money down. And, and that ended badly. Now there's not a lot of credit in the, the home industry. It's tougher to get the credit. And that makes the home industry a little bit safer. Uh, because you had to qualify for a loan in the last six years, whereas before you didn't. Now, you don't really have to qualify for a car loan, and that makes that uh, exposure to the cars, the, the car loans to the, the banks precarious. Now, everyone's getting a three-year lease, and I'm going to be buying a car that comes off a three-year lease that typically has fewer than 40,000 miles on it, and they're typically in good shape, and they typically get a pretty good... Uh, manufacturer's warranty extension on them. So keep leasing, people. Uh, I don't get it, but keep leasing. Uh, What's the best way to save for college? I like 529 plans. I like setting up a U-Promise account on credit cards that give money back for spending like it's Safeway to your kid's college plan. It's the letter U, the word promise, dot com. And if you need more information about learning to save for college, go to savingforcollege.com. That's savingforcollege.com. You can find me at Rob Black Show on Twitter, Rob Black Show. On YouTube, Rob Black Show. Here's the Strum Bellas. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
My name is Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. Thanks. I know that you don't have to. I know I come across as someone who only cares about money, and that's not the case. I come across as someone who cares about you and wanting you to have a lifestyle that you're comfortable with. If we're on this planet for one lifetime, in a physical manner, spiritually, I don't know about the next level, but maybe you do. I want that physical life to be all that you imagine it can be, and for you to have options, especially if you have children and grandchildren. I want life to be fulfilled for you. When you make a choice on college, I recently was hearing Robert Smigel, the guy who did Triumph the Insult, the dog, the insult comic. And he was talking about the history of, of Triumph. You know, he is the dog that talks like this. He talks to celebrities like, you look like a big round piece of, you know, what he's going to say. And he said he created the character because he was working with Conan O'Brien as the head writer, and Dave Letterman was going off the air, and he wanted to do nothing that Dave Letterman was doing because Dave Letterman would have been known as doing it better. So they had to create all sorts of new stuff for Conan to pull off. And Schmeigel, the head writer, one of the ways that he was able to star on the show was through Triumph the Insult comic. Anytime you star, you make more money than if you support. Um, He talked about how his father was a dentist and he helped invent the bonding process. And how he was expected to go to dental school. And being a dentist is you can make a pretty good living if you pull it off correctly. Uh, my dentist has a home in Los Gatos, not San Carlos, in the hills of Los Gatos. Actually, the guy who invented the Frisbee. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, but where do I go with this story? Uh, Smichael talked about how he dropped out of, he just didn't have enough math at him to be a dentist. And he went into communications and he said, my communications degree was just a basic waste of money. You learn how to communicate once you've been in, you know, in the business world for a year or two. Life will teach you communications. And I kind of agree with that statement. And I'm not knocking communication majors. And I just saw a story about a music teacher who got cancer in the Bay Area and the community is rallying around him trying to raise money. And I wish I could be a music teacher. I, I chose not to. And maybe this is the road less traveled. Um, I got into telling the story of fun- money and finances. And I was in the the world of money, and I made a lot of it, and I've I've done well, and I have enough to live till the day I die. My goal on this show is to get you into that scenario. So along the way, yeah, I'm going to say a communication degree might not be the best degree for you. Now, again, it'll help round you out. In liberal arts, I'll say probably not going to be the best for your career, but it'll help round you out. And some companies like Visa, they want well-rounded individuals. They don't want finance majors. They do, but they don't. So the advice isn't going to always fit. It's not one size fits all. But I do want you to stop and think, like, do I really need a new car? I got nothing saved in my retirement account. I I just can't live that way. I want to be that magical grandfather that has money in both hands. So then when the kid picks it, he gets a $5 bill or a $5 bill. And by then, it'll be a $10 bill or a $10 bill. I want to have, you know, two candy bars, one in each hand. And when the kid picks a hand, it's going to be a, a Hershey bar or a Hershey bar, something along those lines. And that's my goal for you. 
so along the way, as I'm going to say, like an English major, probably not as good as a math and science for your career. For your soul, do what you need to do. I get that. I'm talking about the physical world, not the spiritual. Now, hopefully along the way, like I do, I do a lot of work with um, charities, and that's important to me. And it, it's maybe the way I'm helping my soul. And I don't know. I guess I, I guess I'm out of content there, as far as that goes. Costco, um, they came out with kind of a press release. Their profit fell in the second quarter. Sales were hurt in foreign markets. What's interesting to note about Costco is people are like feverish about it. Uh, you have to pay a subscription fee, a yearly fee. And they, they actually have pretty good deals on car rentals, on mortgages. They've got pretty good deals on tires. And some of the stuff in the store I, I look at, like, do I really need a bulk amount of pretzels? No. But a bulk amount of toilet paper, yes. Now, I think Amazon's pretty competitive in the toilet paper world. And I, I, I'm an Amazon person versus a Costco person. Costco lines are too much for me. I don't like lines. I don't like people. Um, so Costco had a pretty good quarter. And one of the things they're trying to do to keep, you know, anti-Amazon or try to repeal Amazon is, like, gasoline. Cheapest gas in the state, usually. They're not trying to make money off of it. They're trying to get, make money off your subscription to Costco. And if you're having a big party where you're inviting neighbors, Costco's great. You can get uh, a good craft beer for under a dollar a bottle. Whereas if you go to a grocery store, it's typically a buck and a quarter, a buck fifty. Does that add up to the annual fee? Not for me. But the deals on vacations and the deal on car rentals and things like that make it worth you know, the online presence. All of that out there, um, you just got to look at stories and you got to try to find it the inside outside of it. Like Target. Target's trying to cut out the big boxes of pretzels because people don't want big boxes of pretzels anymore. They're trying to go with more organic food. They're trying to go with fresher vegetables and fruits, um, which will draw people in the stores in theory. Target's got an app experience that they're trying to roll out right now. So you can shop online, go to the store, pick it up, have it shipped to your home. They're growing that business. Will they be able to grow it and compete with Amazon? I don't think so. But it's worth a thought. It's worth looking into. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Tweet me, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.